0: They're checking cherubim pots strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying padernostas in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps. As launch time moves. And in the front
1: bar of the Top End pub. So I'm trawling down
2: you,
3: the guard. You just said trawling. Isn't that what it is? No, no, it's trolling, mate. Yeah, trolling. Trolling.
0: What? Oh, oh. o- Tim, Tim. Oi, hang on. Get your bums
4: in the boat and get on with it.
2: a Fishos, and yep, we're back!
4: She's back!
2: For 2020, anus 2020. Another bloody decade of this debacle to come. We've Whether or not you've missed us, we've missed you, Fishos, across the wide church of the uh, tinny, and it's a a, a, a bigger tinny uh, you can look forward to in 2020 and the decade to come. Whether it's better or not, we'll leave that to your interpretation, but it includes a cast of many, a cast who you know well by now. And uh, Lisa the Brave of course, amongst them, she's been out on the harbour across the bay, uh, the break chasing Barra and Dewey's with her man. Uh, testing out his lucky undie theory to see if she could prove that his ridiculous theory, that his lucky undies mean to catch his fish uh, was true. As uh, she reported back, it was a failure. Needs to now be established if it's the undergarments or the rod operator that's to blame. She's proposing a placebo of no undies being conducted on the next trip uh, before she can finally debunk the theory that there's a relationship between your underwear uh, and the quality of your fishing trip. Lisa the Brave desperately looking for life to come back to normal in her household. Rocky the High Priestess, uh, she's been fishing across Australia and the Globe as per usual uh, on the Singapore Dumpling Tour. Uh, A wreck fishing conference in Hobart up to Queensland to see Elton John, uh, which was absolutely outstanding, apparently. Uh, Then marlin fishing on the sunny coast. Three black marlin for the high priestess. Then a little bit of whiting uh, and flathead across the Gold Coast. (laughs) So uh, come back now to do some maintenance uh, in the Territory and prep for the runoff. You'll be hearing her on the tinny uh, throughout the year. The beard. uh, He's been fighting fires down south like a hero, and entering the green room off Casuarina and Nightcliff Beach uh, this wet season, or what little of it we've had, uh, having parked up the yak for a bit. And guess what he's gone and done in the break, on behalf of the church? He's made a mullet stamp. It, it, it's not official anymore in Anus 2020.
4: Uh,
2: it's not official correspondence unless it gets the mullet stamp of approval. So if a sticker comes to you and it doesn't have the mullet stamp on it, he actually made this. He went on the eBay system and got it sent out. It was $8.28 of his own money. That's dedication to the cause. Uh, the Man Pan even, Rob Smith, has been flailing about like a drowned primate in his living room as those flooding rains poured in just the once a few weeks ago into his home and loving it. You'll hear his voice throughout the year on the tinny. And, of course, welcome back. It's a Andy. What the hell are you... What have you been doing?
3: Oh, Tim, it is just a blessing to be back in the tinny with you. Is it really 22. Is it really that good? Uh, no, but uh, I thought I'd say something appropriate at the start of the show. You're present. <laughs> hey, here's how the day went, right? I'll tell you what I've been doing in a sec, but I woke up more excited than Big Kev. You remember Big Kev? You were giddy. Oh, I'm excited. It's like, oh, it's today's tinny day. It's like yeah. Santa was coming as a kid. Yeah. And I got to work. Granted, I haven't been in here since November, uh, only to find out that my entire profile had been deleted off the ABC email system.
2: <laughs> You're gone!
3: Yeah, well, <laughs> and and that's, that's the sad part, Tim. I was told that I didn't exist by the help desk. That,
2: were they the words?
3: They were the words, you don't exist on the system. <laughs> you know what it was like? It was like getting a treble with barbs <laughs> right through this little part of my heart.
2: I can say on behalf of the Church of the Tinny, mate, you exist uh, huh? to us. I can't say much more about it, but... You are present and alive and an immortal, tangible being who exists in this world.
3: Thank you very much. And one thing I will say is... The quality
2: of your existence I can't attest for.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You you may take my email account, but you cannot take my voice. So, (laughs) listen to this. Australia Day, you're going to love this. I went fishing. We go to Shady Camp, yeah. Me and a mate, young Josh, you might remember him from the 100 Barra story. We get down there. There are no cars or trailers in the car park. We have got the place to ourselves for the entire day. Oh, wow. We launch, and you wouldn't believe it. Nothing. Nothing for the whole day. (laughs)
2: That's why there's no cars in the car park.
3: Correct. Sometimes you've got to go against the grain, and often when you do that, uh, it's really disappointing. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes no cars is great because you're there first. That's when you know you're the Johnny on the You could be the Johnny on the spot, the agenda setter, the person who makes the report rather than follows the report. Yeah. But more often than not, there 's no one there because they know better than you, and there 's no fish there
3: mm, so uh, to answer your original question, we were down south for Christmas. It was great uh, around Caloundra on a houseboat for a week, mm. which is just fantastic, mm. but the fishing was really difficult you know people <laughs> i 'm watching boats one hundred thousand dollar rigs go out yeah. with whiting rods, you know and they 're chasing these twenty and thirty centimeter whitings and You know, I wasn't wasn't big Kev then. I wasn't excited. No. Uh. Not in the least. Came back, went to a remote community, landed a two kilo GT off the beach on 10 pound. Lovely. And I thought... I'm I'm home? We're home. Yeah. And what a a great year it's going to be with the whole team. I mean, there's no no iron team, is there? But there is an iron tinny. Yeah. Is that the end of that? That was the sermon, yeah.
2: (laughs) How was the... The inaugural Great Get a Dumpling Tour of 2019
3: in Singapore. Wow, that was amazing. You know why it was amazing? We ate so many good quality uh, Michelin star dumplings. Uh, We had about a dozen tinny listeners, uh, you know, informally getting themselves to Singapore. And the, the Singaporeans were so generous and kind to us. Tackle shop owners, you know, they were taking us out fishing and took us on a grand tour of the tackle shops and... It was just so good. So if that's the tester, are we doing this, can we officially sanction it this year as a tinny event? Oh, I reckon we should be putting some sort of a memo in, Tim. Run it up the chain.
2: You run it in, you're anonymous. You'll Can, get you, away. Do you, 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 can you, you do exist. that? I don't have email. Can you do that?
3: And yourself, Tim, how was the break?
2: Well, I've long maintained, and this reinforced it, that there should be different types of leave you can take, particularly when, when you work in the Territory. Mm. It shouldn't all just be either sick leave, if you're lucky enough to even get that or recreation personally, there should be a middle ground, which is tour of duty leave, or duty leave. Yeah, I agree. Which is that Christmas break that you all know well, fishos as, as Territorians, where it is a tour of duty. I mean, you're touring nine houses, you know, nine beds in 14 days across two states to hit every, to knock them all kill all the birds with one stone, get both sides of the family, all the cousins, aunties, uncles, who'll never get on a plane and come here. Because it's too expensive to come this way.
3: Yeah, yeah. But it's... It's cheap to go the other way. Apparently it doesn't
2: cost us anything to come down there. That's what we
3: found. Those 80-buck airfares to Melbourne were great. Didn't cost, you know, 300 bucks for the family. Cheaper than Bali. Mm. Not. Hmm. Not quite. And then you've got to deal with the list of people that saw you on social media that you didn't catch up with and oh. querying whether you're still and friends or not. And that should
2: not be deducted from your rec or annual leave. None no. That that's...
3: should be tour of duty leave. That is work.
2: It's like compassionate leave. Yeah. It's like jury duty leave, <laughs> don't you think?
3: I 100... A whole different
2: category for territory.
3: 100% agree, That yeah.
2: perhaps will tell you uh, how my holiday was.
3: <laughs> so glad to be back on the tinny.
5: <laughs>
2: oh! Tales from the team.
3: And goals for the new year, Andy? Pretty straightforward, Tim. Um, This year I'm actively going to seek a metery. Now, it's sort of a tacit goal every year, but this year I'm actually <laughs> writing that one down. <laughs> so it's going to
2: happen now. It's going to
3: be less random. I think if you there's very good evidence there to say that um, you know nine out of ten people don't write their goals down, and those that do are more likely to achieve them.
2: So what does actively pursuing a meter mean?
3: It means um,
2: driving to shady on the right tides in correct. the middle of the morning. It means using getting in the your queue. Brain.
3: Using yeah. your brain and targeting the big fish areas. Getting in the queue. At the big fish time. Yeah, getting in the queue. And the other, th- my other goal for this year is, is not to catch coronavirus.
2: Oh, I'm right behind you. Yep. There's been lots of badgering about where we've been, obviously. Mm. Like this from James, lads. What's going on? I've been waiting with anticipation for my dose of the tinny, and you guys are AWOL. Has the church burnt down? <laughs> is this the apocalypse, as the climate change activists would have us believe?
3: Fair call, I, I can t- see how he could see that How he
2: could draw a link between mm. No Tinny podcast being uploaded And the the, the climate change apocalypse Yeah, it's solid mm. What the hell is going on? I can barely contain my excitement I'm like Andy, big <laughs> Kev Hope you'll be back on the air soon We're back James Look forward to hearing my weekly instalment of the Tinny And envy all those NT champions While us poor simple South Aussies Aren't even allowed to catch a bloody snapper anymore Or what? head out in our $100,000 rig with our um,
3: whiting rods. Whiting rods, <laughs> the very skinny floppy tip things. Uh, from Jeremy who's a freshwater lure fisher, he's just gearing up for some Jewfish competition in southern New South Wales. Mm. Um, he lives just under an hour or so from Malwala and comes up here every year for a barrow session so he reckons it's just not the same as going home and fishing for Murray cod. So It,
2: it, it burns you In your hometown fishing, if you come up and have a good session on massive barracks?
3: Yeah, it does, and it's almost why I lost interest with some of that small stuff down south. I'm not saying there's not good fishing down south, but when you're on a nine-horsepower houseboat in a protected waterway, your options are limited. I tell
2: you, where I cut my teeth on the River Murray, catching carp and yellow belly and redfin, mm. that was fun when I was doing it. Yeah. Since I moved to the Territory 20 years ago, I, I'll never go back. That can never be fun again.
3: No, that's right. So you need to acknowledge... It's a waste that, of my life. Yeah, you are you are burning some bridges when you fish in the Territory. You are. Yeah, it's just part of it. You can never go back. So he smashed the barra up here and then goes back to where the Murray cod are and he can, he can then vicariously smash barra through the podcast. And that's what we're here for. Oh, We're good on you. Good he- on you, Here to help, aren't we, Tim?
2: And poor old Marty from Melbourne. This guy, by the way, Andy, is the pin-up boy of transport safety, Victoria. Oh yeah. It seems. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I googled him. Okay. And there he is, front and centre, with the coolest-looking bunch of transport safety officers I've ever seen. Oh. Like he's cut. On the, this is on the website. Mm. Buff, arms crossed, charming smile, mm. lovely hairdo, powerful, cool graphics in the background. Probably got his own super cool transport safety theme song. Like, you, you want to be this guy.
3: Bad boys, bad boys. What are you, yeah, you going to do?
2: This is a hell of a guy. Anyway, I say, gents, when are you back doing your wonderful work? I miss the hour in my life where it feels where, where I feel good again. <laughs> <laughs> it's killing me not having the show to look forward to every Friday. I'm a poor ex-Adelaide soul living in Melbourne, however, oh. yeah. Oh. I come up every runoff for my borough injection and sanity recharge. The yeast this year. God bless Dar Vegas, I say. And he always listens to the podcast, he said, in bed next to his wife on a Friday night. So they're obviously a long way into their marriage. It's getting to that stage. I'm not, I'm not even at that stage yet. <laughs> it's more entertaining to listen to the podcast. Uh, well, here we are, you mob, and the rest of the mob who badgered, whinged and complained like flogged mules, we're back, and hopefully providing you some sanity uh, fishing vicariously in the uh, in the tinny in the territory, no matter where you live. Seems fitting. We kick off with this. Kami mengucapkan selamat datang kepada musim angin topan
4: dengan tangan yang terbuka dan hati yang hangat.
5: We welcome you, mighty monsoon, with open arms and warm hearts.
2: Anda adalah tamu yang terhormat
4: di rumah kami, dan kami senang sekali anda dapat menginap di sini.
6: You are an honoured guest in our house, and we delight in your
5: prolonged presence.
2: Silakan, semoga anda bisa tinggal di sini sampai
4: kaki kita sudah disiram dengan air hujannya.
5: Please,
6: stay until we are knee-deep in your moist bounty.
7: Cerita dari
8: perahu yang kecil.
6: Tales from the Tinny.
3: Oh, air hudanya. Bagus. Terima kasih, Pak. Bagus sekali. Saya suka itu sekali.
2: Did that mean anything? Yeah. What did that mean?
3: It meant I like that very much and and bring on the big grain uh, and that is fantastic. (laughs)
9: In case you missed the last bit. Yeah,
2: uh, Unfortunately, haven't had this monsoon yet. I haven't had an official monsoon. Those rains we've had, which were good mm. for the week, wasn't the monsoon because it didn't tick all the boxes. Do you know what the boxes are to have a monsoon?
3: Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of things that sort of have to line up. Stars have to align. You need a trough to start with, I guess. But,
2: and the trough needs to be present at,
3: at low levels. Then mm. you want some sort of wind, I guess, blowing yep. in a particular direction. Flowing
2: from the northern hemisphere... Into the southern hemisphere mm. and feeding, just mm. to feed that trough, then that's all happening at the lower level. You need some stuff going on at the upper atmospheric level, and then that needs to be sustained for a long time.
3: Mm. It's a lot of ducks.
2: It's a lot of ducks, and they haven't, unfortunately, yet lined up all in a row, which I'm sure will be deeply depressing to the Ayatollah of the DKVR, Warren DeWitt, who's back on the
4: chimney for 2020 in just a moment's time. Just sitting underneath us. You will come up now!
5: Tales from the Tinny.
2: As promised, the cowboy is back. But there's a point of order. Warren DeWitt, how are you, mate? Happy New Year, all that jazz. Yeah, same to you, Tim. Same to you, Andy. Cheers, mate. Point of order, some really important housekeeping. There's no statute of limitations in the tinny. That is, it doesn't matter how long ago it happened, you still need to be held accountable.
4: <laughs> yeah. End of
2: end of last year, pictures of you, looks like you. your boat, sounds like you in the background,
3: <laughs>
2: on a sandbar again. Ah,
7: yeah, righto. Where at? Is it true? I don't know. Is it true? <laughs> how Was say it- you, Warren with. Uh, probably guilty a little bit. Yes. What I do probably... you mean?
2: What do you mean? Is that your boat?
7: <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah well, so, uh, so guilty hundred percent. Yeah. Well, possibly. Yeah. Well, it's no fishing trip unless I run aground. Any anyway, rate, so I'm not. I'm not going into the unknown if I'm not hitting a sandbar. <laughs> Seems to me. Well, Seems what to happened? Be my problem. Oh, I zigged and I zagged when I should have zigged and zagged the other way. I think I was going into one of the small creeks and um, it was sort of half falling tide and. I was hoping I was going to have enough water to get in and obviously with um, the changing of the tide, the entry of the, the uh, creek had changed, which is my excuse. I tried to tell the bloke after he got up off the uh, floor of the boat with his nose bleeding, um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, the, that the creek channel had shifted. But then when he looked at my GPS and said, well, how come the marks are over here and you're over here? And I thought, oh, okay.
1: I'll I can stand. just
2: imagine him getting up with a bloody nose and you just say, oh man, the, the channel's moved. Yeah, yeah, that was one.
7: <laughs> but anyway, we sat there for uh, six, uh, six and a bit hours, I think, waiting for that water to come back in. So we had a bit what of soul-searching to do. Oh, yeah, but
2: you, you might not have seen the photos, Andy. What no, did, I missed what, them. what did you get in the process? Well,
7: a metre ten, but we
2: didn't oh.
4: actually catch it <laughs> while we were oh, stranded. We did, ah.
7: we did catch a few barrel while we were there. We walked the channel and, and caught a few fish while we were waiting for the tide to come in, and. Um, Sunk a few cans while we we're thinking about it, and um, then once the tide did come in, we, we rejoiced and got off it as quick as we could and went up the, up the creek and camped for the night because the sun was already setting. Now, Warren, do you want
2: to, do we've done a little bit of bad news, do you want to mm-hmm. continue with the bad news or move to a little bit of good news first? <laughs> you, you choose. What's,
7: what's the bad news? Well, the wet season. Oh, crikey. Yes. How bad is it down Catherine Dalyway? Well it is pretty bad. I mean it started raining the other night and I ran outside in my birthday suit and hence I've got a bit of a cold at the moment. Um, You can hear my voice is a bit croaky and I thought the the monsoon was coming our way and we got 13 mils which is probably about the maximum amount of rain that we've had in one hit so far this wet season. So it is pretty bad. The river here hasn't got above a half a metre in flow. Um, Normally it's sitting at a possibly five or ten metre constantly at this time of year. We should be really the, you know, the Catherine River should be pumping from the gorge all the way down to the daily and it should be really pushing some water all the way through those floodplains down the bottom, which has not eventuated yet. And, so and we're sort of in a, big, a bit of trouble, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and that trouble, for those who don't know, is, is basically because it's so late, isn't it? We're almost in February.
7: Eww, those floodplains yeah. should be wet and holding up now in an ideal world, correct? Yeah, exactly. And and what rain you had had down on the daily floodplains is coming off because there's no caulking effect from the river Holding that water up out on the floodplain, so when that monsoon or that half monsoon went through Darwin and over the Daly, it dropped really good water out on the floodplains. But if the river itself is not in flood and pushing that water or holding that water off coming off the floodplain, then it drains back off fairly quickly, and you have basically no time for food to grow up and get going out on the floodplain. So. Okay. It's a little bit of a problem when you don't have the, the flooding in the river system. It's a, well, it's a major problem. To it, it's with. a major problem and it's depressing. So that'll do. Let's yep, look at yep, good the
2: good one. news. Uh, as that river uh, and those floodplains are dropping off a bit, if you're Johnny on the spot, uh, in between those little bursts of rain, river falls again, it can go all right. You heard about the few is on the daily over the
7: long weekend? Yeah, exactly. And and this is you know like the prime time. I suppose, to have a go at it is where of course the river's not in maximum flood or in high flood or any kind of flood, but the, there is a, a small pulse going down the river that sort of goes up and down and starts those fish moving around and lets them come down the river from upstream any rate and they'll pull into some places that you can target them um, such as Bamboo Creek and, and Browns Creek and, uh, and some of the other small creeks off the bank down there at the Daly and even at the uh, crossing, the old crossing. Um, Once it drops down and starts to fall away, which this weekend with the neap tides allows that water to come off the top there fairly quickly, um, you'll get a a, a window of opportunity to fish there as well.
3: Let's take the best case scenario Warren, that the monsoon trough does come down properly and we get consistent rain for the rest of the season, will that do it for us?
7: If it continues on for a while, I mean if it's short burst, no it's not going to help because it's going to be too quick. Mm, not enough. But if it goes on for a while, um, even though we're running late, you know, mother nature, mother nature will adjust for that, and and the food sources and everything out on the floodplains will have enough time to grow and mature and come off after the rains start to settle down a bit. But if we get just a hit and a miss sort of thing, and it's all over before it began, it's not going to help at all. And when you look at the Roper, um, you know, the Roper River for the last four years has not had any rainfall of any significance to flush the billabongs or even flush the roper out itself so it is really a desperate need the whole gulf region down there is in a desperate need of a good wet season so hopefully something will happen in the next uh, month or you know even less than a month we couple hope couple of weeks and, yeah exactly that'll start happening in the gulf as well good on you Warren
2: terrific to have you back on board the tinny for hopefully another decade yes very good to be back boats Warren DeWitt, the ayatollah of the daily Catherine, Vic and uh, Roper region. He's also the president of the Amateur Fishermen's Association of the Northern Territory and proprietor of uh, Rod and Rifle Tackle World in Catherine. And the alarming thing about the lack of rain so far, uh, Andy... You remember that the boffins found last year basically zero recruitment of juvenile barra in the Daly River. Yeah, I do. I do. Zero successful recruitment of freshies. If that happens for a second year in a row, yep. then you're not just missing one year class, things start to get really
3: really serious. Yeah, it's all it's like a negative investment almost, like it's going to it's going to cost in the future.
2: Totally it is. However, fishos, we always like to look at the positive, do we not?
3: We do. Glass half full. Jace, can half full. Jace Rogers said a bit of a
2: a report that will no doubt be being followed already. Uh, we'll chat to him later on. He got a metery down at Bamboo. Mm. And Cy Howell, also with a metery on the daily over the long weekend. The message from him was this. Fish was on the cast, broke the net, bang on a dollar. All pretty dirty. Um, scoped browns, Charlies, Elizabeth, Harrys, heaps of bait. Only one other trailer in the car park. There you are, uh, Andy. Mm. Sharks and caddies everywhere. And you've got to praise uh, Beard and Lisa, actually, Andy, here at Tinny HQ, for having the great foresight to seek wisdom from the man who knows way better than the Bureau, uh, way better than Warren DeWitt. That's Kai Hansen on the Adelaide. He called it on December the
10: 6th.
1: When they come in, I have not seen one single Crimson prince at this stage. I have not seen any mating games, and it is looking grim. The Crocs know it. They're going away early. The ants are not busy at all. There is nothing. We've got a shitty wet coming again.
3: See? Yeah, he's right too. He was right the year before.
1: Chip, chip.
2: No crimson finches. Mm -hmm. Shitty wet coming again. Further evidence of what a late and ordinary wet season we're having from Rhino, Harbour Tuna in January. On Barrageer, big tuna got sharked. 40 centimetres of the head left. There was a footy field bust up though. Bizarre dry season happening that's Johnny on the spot. That's in, awesome. In mid-Jan? <laughs> yeah. And how was this, did you hear too, for a cracking start to the new year f- uh, for, um, of course, it was Peter Cooper. Well, it was Peter Cooper's cousin. He was involved on the trip. Oh, I saw that. 59 yeah. centimetre red-tagged MDF fish. This was the only one from over the break. Jamie Cooper got it, but with his cousin Peter Cooper as if winning the Tebs, you know, 18 years in a row wasn't enough, Pete. Mm. Uh, they were at the Adelaide.
3: Not the casino. The photo I saw with the fish was next to the casino pool.
2: Oh, the affinity pool. No, it wasn't in there. I'm fishing. The, I'm fishing the was, wrong spot. Was it really on the Adelaide?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably Woods Inlet.
2: You know that. You know how everyone calls it Woods Inlet when they don't want to say where they were. Yeah, which is becoming, as we've mentioned before, quite annoying. It's mm. the north arm of the harbour if you don't want to say it. Mm. I was talking to Lisa the Brave the other day. And she's never understood why people say Woods Inlet when they've been for catching. Because she reckons Woods Inlet is one of the best places for good barra fishing close to town. No way. She got her first and only metery in Woods Inlet. And you? I said, when she told me that, I went, you mean you're at Shady or something?
3: Or you're, you're at <laughs> the Daily? <laughs> and she didn't no, get where it? where was it? Yeah. The East? yeah.
2: And she said, no, actually in Woods Inlet. The only – my, my metery was in Woods Inlet. Why does everyone say Woods Inlet when they mean somewhere else? Because yes. Woods Inlet is actually an excellent spot for that.
3: What a great – put! do you remember the book as a kid, The Boy Who Cried Wolf? Yeah. That could be it. The yeah. Boy, those, the Boy Who Cried Woods. All those smart Alex
2: mm. calling it Woods Inlet will miss the weekend they called Woods Weekend <laughs> when <laughs> when right. they were catching meteries and threadies hand over fist. Mm-hmm. Uh, just off Mandora.
3: The weekend that shut the million-dollar barra comp down. Ten tens and a million, all out of Woods Inlet. And you
2: missed it because it actually happened in Woods Inlet.
1: Tails from the tenny. Get a mullet up, yeah. <laughs>
11: G'day, Jason Rogers. Went to the daily on Australia Day weekend, which was a bit of a good way to spend the holiday, and um, went down with Melita and Josh. We got a few fish on the Saturday. Went, to, went a couple of days, went Saturday and we couldn't go on the Sunday but we went again on the Monday Saturday we went down and the crossing was about a metre over the crossing and it was pretty dead so we thought we'll go and check out Bamboo so we went to Bamboo and the moment we got there it was just on, it was like barrows roofing and not, not just barra, big barra so good solid fish You know, 80, 90 metre fish which sort of gets you, gets you amped up a bit um, Josh had a lure on so he's cast in, and I think it was his second cast, he's nailed one about 85, which was his PB, so he's pumped. And then we kept sort of fishing all around, but I was trying the soft plasties and all different things, like you sort of have a few casts, and you're casting the fish that are actively feeding, and you're not hooking them. You're thinking, what do you do? You're trying to work out a solution, how are you going to get this fish? So pretty soon you end up with all these lures just laying around on the bank, and the bank was so slippery, like I went, ass up. Um, on the way down Melita was sort of coming down backwards on all hands and knees and all fours cause it, was, it was just slippery as so I went a bit up the bank and left Melita and Josh to the, to the, the creek mouth I noticed all the barrows were boofing in the grass boop, boop, boop. so I've gone through I don't know heaps of lures but we didn't take a big selection we only took a few culvert sort of lures so you, you know you saw small rubbers and smaller lures so I put on a small hard body to start with which I had a few of instantly results so, and right at your feet too, like right against the bank.
10: That's the thing, so they're actually just buffing sort of in amongst the, the grass at your feet.
11: Yeah, they, they, were, they were sort of, you've got to try and find what they're eating. They were eating sort of small mullet, small archer fish. So, yeah, they hard body and just a little roll. Just so really, if you twitched it and jerked it, it didn't get any result. It was just a real slow roll and bang, they were drilling it. And sometimes you'd see them following it and then you'd stop and then you'd start again and then they'd, they'd eat it, you know. So, you had, sometimes you had to talk them into it a bit.
10: So, you came away with um, a fair few rats, but you also landed a big one too.
11: Yeah, of course, we took all these small lures. I've got a few trips up along the bank and looking for a bigger lure, and the biggest I could find was the next size up hard body. I noticed they were eating big bony brim. Like, so when they come up, they'd spray it out, and they were good six to ten inch long bony brim. So, I just threw one out, but the biggest lure I had, two or three casts, bang, big fella hit. Sort of burnt my thumb. So I can still go, look. I've got a blister still on my thumb. You can see that white bit. Oh yeah, yeah. it took a bit of skin off, and he drags right up. So I'm thinking, well, this is not a bad fish. But it went upstream. Sort of had to go for a bit of a run along the bank, which was sort of challenging. Got him into the little back eddy, and after a few moments, he came in.
10: Your guess on this one was about 110.
11: I'll call on it at 110. But we, all I could do was get a bit of leader line and put it along it, and cut it off from its bottom jaw to its tail. And that measured about 114. It's as accurate as we could be with the leader line.
10: You said it was a, a metre at the crossing. Just sort of generally speaking, like, how are the levels looking to your mind?
11: Well, when we went down on the Monday, there was actually a guy there had another big fish around the same sort of size, a metre 15. He caught that, but on live bait. And there was fish there. They weren't buffing the same, but they were jumping out. So we got a couple of barra on the Monday, but... Um, it, it, it had risen, but it was still dirty. It actually really... We're, we're a long way short of it being great. It's, it's, it's better. There's fish in the river. The fish have come up, but we need a lot more rain. No, I think this is the worst wet I've ever seen. Hands down, the worst wet I've ever seen. I'm concerned about a lot of a lot of things, but we'll just wait and see how they play out.
10: So at this point, you reckon we're actually going to be worse off with the runoff?
11: Unless we're sort of going to get a metre of rain we're not going to have much happening. I'm hoping, like I'm like, talking doom and gloom, but I did it last year, I spoke doom and gloom, and we got a bit of rain. So, But it, still, last year, I wouldn't call that a runoff, It's probably pretty abysmal, like the, the fishing situation. And I know a lot of things have happened, played out during the dry season, like we've had billabongs dry up, we've had big fish kills, especially on a daily, a couple of them big long billabongs on the edges of the daily have dried up, and there's been thousands and thousands of barra die. So those barra can't go into the system and replenish it and i think we really have to look at the measures on the river to help this like the season seems to be later and the closures at the mouth from october till february like they're opening this weekend so the commercials are back in you know and really the seasons are a couple of months later so really that closure is there to protect the fish there now and it's maybe it needs to be adjusted. Instead of closing from October till February, maybe it needs to be closed from, you know, December till March.
10: About those water levels looking at the next sort of few months, do you think it's actually too late for that water to get up on the floodplains, you know, and, and create that runoff?
11: Well, it can't get up unless we get extended coverage. Like, we've got to get rain in Catherine. Catherine is still on water restrictions. So until we get, say, a metre of water, or half a metre of water at least, that river's not going to rise to... A level where it will push up into the grass on the floodplains and the barrows can actually survive. Because they might have bred, but all the, all the big ones are coming up eating them now. There'd be bigger fish predating on them. So it's just a cycle. It's just if we get a couple more continued seasons of wet and we don't have any action, especially in that system, I think there's going to be major trouble. But that's what would I know. I'm just a bloke who's fished all his life.
10: In the meantime, it's going to be important to be kind of Johnny on the spot with those like isolated falls.
11: Yeah, I think specific tides will be critical, even showers of rain. So you're going to get little influxes of bait, and that's when the feeding events will occur. So you've actually got to be yeah, Johnny on the spot. So you've just got to wait out and play it and see how it plays out.
2: There we are, doing what we do best in 2020. Setting the goddamn fishing agenda. By, by we, I, I mean he. We... We did nothing.
3: No, we did lots. We stuck a microphone in his face and made him talk.
2: And that's enough to take credit for the agenda-setting report that he made, because we made him talk about it.
3: Uh, Frontline, we'll claim that. (laughs) Okay. Even if I don't have email access, I'm not an employee, I'll claim that.
2: Agenda setter right there. (laughs) Johnny on the spot too, as they say every wet season. If you're there at the right time, right place, you can have some cracking run-off fishing through January and February. Mm,
3: Johnny on the spot is, to me, just means random. You were randomly lucky. <laughs> no. Johnny
2: on the spot wins Keno. Do you think he randomly went to Bamboo and randomly went to the Daily without looking at river levels, without thinking it through a little bit? I he think, definitely did not nah. just randomly rock up at the Daily.
3: Yeah, I'll probably withdraw that. But he still, John, <laughs> he, he still had some luck. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Johnny on the spot means must have some luck.
2: I loved the bit where he said, uh, which was such a brag, a subtle brag. Oh yeah, but a bold one. Look at me, blister beard. Mm. See that? See that white bit? That's a yeah. That's me, blister. Show <laughs> off. Sure, see that? Uh, have a look at this, eh? This uh, that white bit. And did you know I'm on a billboard, by the way, beard? Yeah, I'm Jace Rogers. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a billboard.
3: I move a motion, Tim uh, and members of the church. I move the motion that Jason Rogers now be known as the Barra Blistered Billboard bloke. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Praise be the blister.
5: Belt
4: in the casts
7: and uh, triple hookups all around.
5: I was crying. I was just in shock. It hurts. Put our backs back in. It scared her a bit, I think. She touched it and poked its eye, and was pretty happy with mum.
4: Tales from the tinny.
5: D-S. shoot it, Share it. Upload.
2: shout it give us a hoy and there has been plenty of hoyin going on and plenty going on over the break too not least of which of course was a nation on fire in all seriousness uh, our thoughts going out to southern potty mullet brethren doing it tough dealing with that disaster let's hope um, the tinny if nothing else can provide a little bit of respite a rest for your brain Also, Andy had been teetering on the edge of another international apocalypse after Iran responded to US military attacks launching missiles at Iraqi bases. I don't know if that crossed your radar, but I saw a meme with Trump in it, a Trump meme that said, this is going to be the best world war ever. (laughs) And as noted by a, a tinny church member, it's a sign of the times when Trump responds to those attacks via tweet. International diplomacy in 18 characters or less. What the world is coming to... Who, eh, eh, not, eh, not our problem. And now we're all going to die because... Not of imminent nuclear attack, it seems, but because of too much fiddling with animals in China. I mean, have what we not, not learnt from Ebola? You don't fid, don't fiddle with the animals. Mm. Stop playing with the animals. Mm. Because we we'll are all get sick and we're all going to die.
3: And it's wrong anyway to play with animals.
2: Just stop... Playing with the animals. Meanwhile, back here in the Territory. A, 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 a new theme song.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love
2: it. Gathering momentum as it went viral across t- Territory Tinnies over the break. Following Anthony von Schnitzel's impromptu chicken bock bock while marooned on a sandbar <laughs> near, near Christmas. I can't stop listening to that. That should be a theme song for all Territory Tinnies, even if I made up that it already is. Oh, good to know you're still around too, Nev from the Do, and that you still like beer. <laughs> I know, all class. Nothing's changed in 2020. Uh, This is the stuff I've
3: missed, Tim. That
2: was his only New Year contribution on Tinny Facebook (laughs) across the whole six-week break. He didn't even say Happy New Year. He just sent it on that day, and we we needed to know that that's what he was trying to say and that he still likes uh, beer and, and KP still likes wine. So lovely to hear nothing's changed at your end, guys.
3: Tim, I reckon it's time to mount the TFTFFP's DRT vision again for 2020. Why are we
2: are you, going? Why are we going back? Can you to tell that? I
3: went to the like ban the acronym rally on the weekend for the, what,
2: the the DRT was uh, the domestic road, road train. train, which was a, a pitch launched to make it legal to triple tow or quadruple tow, so that you never had to choose between the camper and the boat or the quad trailer. That's right. Or buggy trailer. You can tow, make it legal for Territorians with an NT licence to tow all four to the daily, all at once.
3: So someone's got to put a bit of a strategic umbrella over this show. Uh, It's an election year. We definitely want this. It's time to put it back on the agenda. And while I was bored on the holidays, Mm -hmm. uh, I Googled a bit about the DRTs. It's actually legal in the US. Is it proper? Yeah, yeah. There are 28 states in the US that allow you to triple tow. Most of them are sort of rural, less populated areas. But there's a whole list. Yeah. Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, you get the get the drift. It's legal there, it should be legal here and I'm not going to stop banging on about this tim until
2: uh, until we actually make it be, an official policy.
3: Correct, because I think it is absolutely unreasonable <laughs> to ex- Mr. Speaker, to expect people to own a boat and a camper trailer and perhaps a jet ski or, or some other trailer and not be able to use them all at once. All at once? It's, uh, it's it's actually an infringement of international Beard, human rights.
2: Beard, Beard actually did a bit of work on your data to find that one of the challenges is amongst those states, and there are about 30 of them where it's legal, they're not all joined, they don't all share a border, and they've all got slightly different rules as to how that DRT can run, mm. which basically means that if you're in Maryland, you're pretty well landlocked by states that you can't triple toe into. So you can only holiday within your jurisdiction. Okay. And if you need to tow your caravan and tinny, for example, from Minnesota to Michigan, uh, you need to take the longer route down through South Dakota and Missouri, which is a pain in the ass. And forget driving it anywhere across the mid east to, to, to the Midwest, sorry, to the East. Alaska, yes. Hawaii, no. You see that? I mean, it has to be a national agenda yeah. in Australia.
3: You think I should be going to Skymo with I, this? I think you definitely should. All right, let's do that.
2: A very important milestone uh, and a romantic one to mark two fishos in Hawaii this week. One I think the whole tinny church can be proud of and revel in, because what is it we in the church have always strived to be, always dreamed of being, Andy?
3: Well, good providers, good protectors,
2: hunters, gatherers. That's right. Good, Good providers and protectors for our families. Yeah, that's what we do. That's all we've ever wanted. It's all we've ever strived on. All of which was encapsulated by, some might say idiotic, we say heroic actions. Of courageous Charlie a couple of years ago when he earned a TFT b- bravery award for this valiant act you might recall. Yeah,
6: just moved up to the territory and I um just bought this new new boat off this bloke out at Humpty Doo. Said mate it's been sitting in there in the shed for about a year with the fuel still in there. You're probably going to want to. Siphon that fuel out and replace it with new fuel.
2: Mm, this yarn sounds um, all right already because yeah, it yeah. involves volatile it's substances. It's, it's got, got petrol.
6: petrol. So I get the tinny home and I, it's parked underneath the house in this old tropo house, all made of timber. And I've never siphoned fuel out of a petrol tank before, so how am I going to do it? I get a piece of hose and the hose in the tank in the in the boat, and I'm trying to suck fuel out with my lungs. All I'm getting is fumes and I'm coughing and spluttering and nothing's coming out, nothing's going into the jerry can. So I'm thinking, what, what can what can suck this fuel out? How am I going to do this? Vacuum cleaner.
2: Genius. Vacuum cleaner. Yeah. It's logical. It's
6: a no-brainer. <laughs> so I wait till my girlfriend's in our room. She's not watching. And I go upstairs, I grab the vacuum cleaner, plug it in... Put the end of the hose into the end of the vacuum cleaner, turn the vacuum cleaner on, and within two seconds, fuel coming straight out of the hose, it's worked, it's worked the charm, into the jerry can and it's just flowing straight in and I'm I'm stoked, I've done it. I look over and the vacuum cleaner's smoking. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just that, that moment where you're like, oh, shit, this is not good. Within another second the vacuum cleaners just exploded. The flame a up licking the, the roof of this of this wooden house.
2: W- was there shrapnel? Did the vacuum cleaner actually explode? Hey, and was it
1: still plugged in and operating? <laughs> <laughs>
6: no, I think it had stopped sucking by then. It wasn't shrapnel, it was just it was just flame. Meanwhile, the, the petrol is still flowing into this jerry can, but only two metres away from this flaming vacuum cleaner. My girlfriend heard the explosion and come out of the room, which is right next to the pool, and I've just seen this flowing petrol, the flames, and I've just ran, grabbed her, get down some sort of superhero, and we've just gone straight into the pool.
2: You crash-tackled uh-huh. her into the pool.
1: <laughs> this is like a diehard moment from a diehard trailer as the it flames is. explode in the background. Mm. Slow motion. Did you see it all yeah. happening in slow motion, Charlie? Yeah, that's how it felt.
2: So sodden and spluttering, you, you come up to the surface.
6: We look around expecting the house just to be in flames. The flames had just died right down. They were still on fire, but died right down. Grabbed the hose moved the rest of the petrol away from the or away from the fire and Sensible. We very very lucky that the house still stands.
2: On reflection with the benefit of twenty twenty hindsight, how do you reflect
1: would you do it again
2: on your performance? What <laughs> how how would you self assess? Because there are a variety of highs and lows.
6: I still stand by the vacuum cleaner, did the job. It got the job done for sure. Probably, yeah, wouldn't use it again.
2: And how did your girlfriend reflect and assess your performance on that day?
6: (laughs) She was fuming. Um, petrol fuming. Well, she had two choices.
2: Either be ropeable, that you nearly killed her yourself and set the house alight, or you're a bloody hero who saved her life. And a little bit of that hysterical brush of death. Giggling, you know, that hysteria. I've never loved you so much, Charlie. Yeah.
1: No?
6: No, there was none of that. What the f*** are you doing?
1: Kate, you're a champion. He may be wild, he may be loose. He He will save your life.
6: He deserves to live in the Territory.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you do. Welcome to the Territory, uh, Charlie. Stunning performance, uh, and congratulations.
6: Thank you very much. Uh,
2: So, uh, this is from Charlie's brother, Will. During the week. Hey, guys, hoping you can help me. My brother, Charlie, is getting married in May. And I want to play the story you told about him, that one, on TFT. Of course, I went back and said, is he marrying Kate, whose life he saved, surely? Or is it, or did she
3: leave? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the answer was? The
2: same one, the very same Kate. And Will noted that, to his mind, the NT has a higher rate of stupidity than the mean Australian
3: average. Mm, we resemble that remark.
2: Yes, the NT does have a higher rate of hero than the Aussie average, if that's what you meant, Will. Although perhaps us thinking this is hero behaviour is what makes us stupid and higher than average stupid. But (laughs) anyway, he saved her life. And I bet that's why she's bloody well marrying him. In fact, come in, Kate. Hello. So are you marrying him because he saved your life, Kate, or in spite of his random acts of... Stupidity, as some would have it.
5: Absolutely, in spite of his random acts of stupidity.
2: You're marrying him because he saved your life?
5: No, absolutely not. Everybody considered leaving him for being such a up.
2: It was that one simple act of bravery, in other words, which led you to say yes.
5: Are you telling me that going to get a vacuum cleaner, siphon some petrol out of your boat, <laughs> is a, um act of... Bravery.
2: Kate, if it wasn't for his selfless, quick thinking, you'd be dead, wouldn't you?
5: No, not at all. What are you doing, mate? You're an absolute bloody idiot, and then the whole thing blew up.
2: He's a hero. That's no. why you're marrying him.
5: He's an absolute bloody muppet.
2: We wish you many years of wedded bliss and more acts of random heroics.
5: Yeah, no, thanks for that, Tim. If you call blowing up underneath the house a act of bravery, then... Great, thank you.
2: Can't look forward to any more years I have ahead of me. Congratulations.
5: See ya. <laughs> See you later. What did
2: you What did you take out of that conversation, Andy?
3: Well, he's done it. He has transcended to the higher vision of the church, and that is to be a protector.
2: Yes, yeah, and that's <laughs> why that's why she's marrying him. Congratulations to both of you, mob.
10: Shoot it,
4: share it,
1: shout it. Give us a voice. Yeah, you know, it's Aaron here from Northern Boy, up in northeast Arnhem Land. Yeah, just uh, chucked the boat in there early one morning. Thought we'd sort of have a bit of a scatter in there, uh, around some, some ground and that some islands about six seven mile out to sea. Thought we'd throw this little hard body lure out for a bit of a look. Um, the first one I lost, um, just something um, hooked up, snapped it straight away. So I chucked the laser pro on. Actually said as a joke, like there's a bit of bait and that are hanging around, and then a big fish sort of come across the screen, and I, I said, oh, there's a marlin underneath us the figure of speech, really. Literally five minutes later, I hooked up to what I initially thought was the uh, was the snag. So I spun the boat around and said, oh, buddy, you've got a snag, spin around, you know, trying to get your lure back. And um, as we were sort of heading back towards it, the bloody rod just started spinning, like, you know, I was getting spooled type thing, and the um, line's gone directly underneath the hull and sort of headed across the opposite side of the boat. And um, the guys on the other side, bloody Renee and that, they're just screaming it's a sword shark it's a swordfish it's a sailfish it was just all this commotion over the other side it was jumping out of the water no one really knew what it was or what we were about to go through sort of thing from then on in it was like yeah we've got to land this bloody thing like doesn't matter what it takes how much time it's going to take we just got to get it done up back left right forwards And then, yeah, an hour and a half in, sort of made the executive decision. It was either just hook in and line's going to snap, rod's going to snap, or potentially going to land it. And, um, yeah, straight up, started hooking in, and the, the rod snapped, had two eyelets left on it, so about three foot of rod. And essentially, that was the best thing that happened. There was no flex in the rod then, so it became just a uh, winch, I guess. And, yeah, as soon as that happened, I just laid into it, and it was just coming up.
4: Yee-hee-hee!
5: Yeah, look out! Look out! Look out! Look out! Look out! Give me, give make, give
4: make,
5: make, me, It's a marlin!
1: It's not it's a sailfish. It's a marlin. <laughs> Jesus! Look <laughs> out! Yeah, absolutely overwhelmed. Like, never caught one before. Nothing was going to stop me from getting it in the boat. That's for sure. It's
4: a punny!
5: It's a marlin! <laughs>
1: just hugged it, hugged it with buddy excitement and yeah, adrenaline was buddy pumping. And
10: this on baitcaster?
1: Yeah, it was on a baitcaster, thirty pound braid on it, self tied wire trace. How much yeah.
10: line on the spool?
1: Really didn't go for that good of a run on me. Like I mean, it was running, but we were just straight on it, like straight up on its tail, every every direction it was going.
10: Hour and a half on a marlin on a barra stick. Unreal bro.
1: Yeah mate, yeah, nah, definitely unbelievable that's for sure. I guess finally um, another good moment that, that that I had with it was um, actually releasing it again and making sure it swam away and getting in the water alongside this creature was bloody unbelievable as well.
10: So you jumped in the water with it to swim it?
1: It was just something I wanted to do was Actually swim with it and just um, swim alongside of it and to see it just drift away and go back to its life again it was unbelievable. That's for sure.
10: You hung on to that that rod as a memento.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like that rod, that lure. Um, I've actually used the reel since. Um, I probably should uh, consider re-spooling it with some new line. Um, line better <laughs> days now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely going to blow the picture up and. Um, I don't know, I'll make some sort of a bit of a shrine or something, hang the rod and lure up there with
4: it.
3: So that was Aaron, south of Nulamboy, somewhere over the break, um, a marlin on a barrow. How, How good is that? Actually getting in the water, swimming with it. And actually, I actually, had a chat to Joe Laverty on breakfast this morning, and I was telling her about that, and she goes, isn't that the one with the big long nose thing? That's and the one, yeah. She was quite disturbed that that could be a dangerous thing. No. And then when, I, ah. then when I reminded her that there's also crocs in the water, she yeah. nearly fell off a chair. Yeah. But these are the ah. risks we take as fishos.
2: And, of course, only Beard would make the Blue Danube work as the musical accompaniment to a The classics wouldn't be happening here if you or I were in the mixing studio down on Level 3 of Tinny HQ. I, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think either.
3: Uh, hang on, music studio. Have we got a music studio? Yeah. You remember, I've been away, I've got no emails. So. Level three.
2: Really? Yeah, level one's the Grand Foyer reception. Yeah. Level two's where the TFT FFP sits in Tinny HQ. Hmm. So it's more than actually on level two, the Tales from the Tinny Fishing First Party. It's kind of like a um, an engine room where all the ideas and all your correspondence, oh. are, uh, fishers from what? the church, they get passed through... An independent, constantly rotating sort of jury of church members mm. to assess the correspondence against our operational ethos and our, our, our spiritual ethos before anything goes to any upper levels at Tinney HQ, i.e., before anything gets broadcast or, or is allowed to be published on the podcast.
3: Oh, so it's like a bit of a think tank with some sort of it's a, tr- triage uh, capability. It, it, it's
2: a think tank with triage capability yeah. with a rotating jury of church members. Uh, that's what happens on level two. Wow. Uh, level three is the TFT Music Studio, and that's where the magic happens. And Beard hangs out a lot when he's not surfing or um, on, on the yak.
3: What's my role? Where do I fit into this?
2: You water those pot plants in the <laughs> Grand Foyer.
3: It's
2: <laughs> <laughs> important job, man. <laughs>
3: that other treble went in. No, the, that the, final hook just went in the heart.
2: Some, <laughs> it's all about first impressions when you enter Tinny HQ, and in the Grand Foyer there's some grand pot plants, and they need to be watered.
3: I'm resilient. You to can't... a point. <laughs> I'm feeling a little undervalued, but that's like, it's fine. I haven't actually watered one yet.
4: Taters from a tinny. Get a muddle up, yeah. <laughs> I can't do that without laughing.
3: <laughs> now, while we were gone, Tim, uh, in fact, it was around the week that we took off last year. I think there was some really good barra being caught. <laughs> Typical. Yeah, yeah. So, in fact, uh, the first message that B got on his phone when he came back from fighting bushfires, uh, once he entered that Grand Foyer reception, of course.
2: With the, with, the, with the wilting plants that haven't been watered in six weeks. One job, Andy.
3: <laughs> well, I only just found out about it. Yeah,
4: okay.
3: <laughs> that, that, that would not stand up in a, in a workplace court, just for your, for your info, Tim. Like, You've you got to give the instruction first and then give me an opportunity to do it. Anyhow, back to this story. Um, <laughs> so. Beard's got, Beard's got this text from a pretty reliable source, actually, of some pretty big barra picks um, or barra taken and caught in the build-up. So uh, Beard hit up the offending texter about that trip.
10: In the history of NC fishing, probably fishing anywhere, there's like a long line of, of uh, legendary fishing partnerships. And one of the things about those partnerships, I reckon, is that one partner brings something to the table that the other partner lacks. And the NC, there's one partnership that barely goes sort of a few months without mention on the tinny Lats and, and Bolchi before we actually talk about this trip that you guys did last year, Lats I wanted to know what, what do you think you bring to the table in this fishing partnership
8: <laughs> Oh, a boat beer <laughs> not much else
0: What about you Bolchi? Probably uh, my exceptional net handling skills and the fact that and swear at Lats every time he hooks up and I don't so just set this up for me. It's
10: the build-up. You haven't been fishing for a while. Uh, and, Lats, you're someone that people kind of you know look to for photos of large build-up silver barra. What was the go?
8: Uh, the wife got a new job Monday to Friday, which means that I had to be stay-at-home dad and I had to fish on the weekends. And every single good tide from September through to the end of December was Tuesday, Wednesday, or Wednesday,
0: Thursday. So I didn't fish. This trip sort of... Presented it to ourselves with the tides and that sort of stuff and we just, we just couldn't knock it back. We had to put everything into it to get this trip happening.
10: You actually did have some pretty uh, epic stats on this trip. Yeah,
8: we ended up um, covering 476 kilometres, used 280 litres of fuel and had 61 engine hours <laughs> and, and we ran
0: out of beer. The second last day. <laughs> I guess when you do well in places like that you, you sort of expect just to rock back up there again and, and perform sort of thing and we hadn't counted on the uh, the, uh, the lack of fish so therefore you know the beers sort of went down a little bit quicker than we uh, anticipated.
8: We started off on some new places we went to the the mouth of the West Alligator and I got the marks off fisheries where I'm not allowed to pass so we didn't go in there but um, yeah we saw Fished there and we did some new stuff and then the wind was coming up so we thought we had to change our plan we ended up finding a big school of fish and we sat on them for four days for nothing Four days at one school? It was pretty much the same school yeah, morning and afternoon and yeah they just wouldn't bite plenty of trolling obviously but um, lots of casting uh, big plastics, little plastics, prawns vibes, Bulch even brought out his harbour go to tiny plastic nothing
0: at one stage yeah i thought oh, the sounder must be playing tricks on us or latches stitched me up and then it's got the same photo on the on the sounder but um to see see the schools and just not they just weren't feeding it was if they were feeding they were feeding on what we possibly saw were schools of jelly prawns or something like that and uh, regardless where you go if, if you got heaps of those around it's very very hard to sort of entice a anything to sort of touch anything else if they're there in abundance so i think that was the main contributor but then towards you know the last the second last day they sort of um you know the water cleared up a little bit sort of thing and and yeah we start they actually started to react before we get on to that reaction so at what point during this process did you hit the port um that was probably the second night i think it was um the first night was quite loud and we thought to ourselves no look let's just tone it down a bit and and then the uh, the stories and the lies and the and that's and the you know some snippets of recordings come out and we were sort of working out oh, how much were we spent and billions and billions, and uh, sort of led one led from there and, and then one port went down and, and then uh, the next morning I don't think we spoke or talked to each other to at least about ten o'clock in the morning before we could actually um, function. So yeah, very loud night that was the second night.
10: So take me to the moment where you actually start getting hookups.
0: Well, the night
8: before, it was Thursday night, and we decided that Friday morning we'll give them an hour or two, and if not, we'll start our trip home, and that'll be done. We'll come home a day early. Next morning, I uh, started trailing. Bulchy hooked up. I think the first fish was might have been an 83 or an 86 or something like that. Next trial, another fish. We ended up getting five that morning.
0: Yeah, it was um, well. It was actually a bit of a shock, actually, because after not seeing the rod buckle over for four days, and then watching it, it was a bit of a delayed reaction. Like, is that a fish? Oh, well, I'm on, <laughs> sort of thing. So it was um, such relief to finally hook up, and we thought, okay, things might have turned. But and then again, the same thing. It shut down. So looked at that and sort of said, well, we'll keep pushing through, and yeah, and end up again and fight again later on, sort of thing. So. I think it was towards or heading towards uh, the top of the tide sort of thing. We'd found some some good water. We'd found that that familiar school. And then I think it was lats that rod buckled over and it took off. It wasn't wasn't playing around sort of thing. So um, it ended up being a 95, I think it was. We come back around, hooked up straight away again. And that was, I think I got that one, that was a 94. Hooked up again. This time it was a threadie. And that went on for probably about a good 40 minutes I reckon and it was just yeah they just they turned on I think we fished into the twilight it, you know a little bit into the night sort of thing but then yeah then it shut down again but it was good
8: yeah except we had I think we had three beers left to celebrate <laughs> and one and a half bowls of port which we reluctantly
0: wanted to drink <laughs> <laughs> so it just proves that you know you got to put the miles in the, to get the smiles, sort of thing so
10: Smiles of relief, as much as any.
0: Uh, more smiles of relief, I think, rather than fish should have landed. So, <laughs> yeah, it was still an epic trip. I can't wait to do it again. Like it's, it's just one of those things. It's a territory thing you got to do. You get out in the boat and just, and just live like ferals and, and uh, have some fun fishing. So,
8: after day three, um, I was a bit, a little bit on the pong. And I went over the back to um, do nature's calling and realized that the, uh, the old undies were um, far from being able to recover. So they may have got a sea draft.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you ditched the undies?
8: Yeah, gone. <laughs> Never to be seen again.
4: How
10: many undies do you take on a trip like this? Uh, I think I took three or four. Always check the integrity of your undies before embarking on a five-day fishing trip. Yeah, that's correct.
8: You always <laughs> need clean undies. Tales from the Tinny. <laughs> I
4: remember
2: that. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, that yarn had absolutely everything. Despair, days of nothing, running out of beer and then hitting the port. You know it's gone bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Then finally hitting the fish after four days trying. Four days. Four days.
3: Resilient. Mm. Oh, and then the undies. That's that's fantastic. I mean, they, those undies must have been in pretty bad nick to actually authorise the disposal of them. Yeah, they must have. I've Yeah, I've only done that a few times. Normally it's after working with you.
2: You're the operator. You've got to take some responsibility, Andy. The mm. Church of the Tinny is always about lessons learned, is it not, fishos? and And the lessons from Lats there... Overestimate how much beer you need, and how many pairs of undies it's
7: going to require.
4: That popper that we had
7: just got hammered. Absolutely magical session. Hooked up. Cast after cast after cast after cast.
2: The lures landed. Twitch, twitch, twitch. Triple hook up.
4: Tails from the tinny.
2: Welcome back to the tinny uh, for the first instalment of 2020. I don't know if you heard, Andy, this promo running across the uh, the station during the week.
0: Fishos, do you swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth? <laughs> <laughs> Order. Order in the court.
5: Tales from the Tinny. Back on air and podcasting from 5.30 today. On ABC Radio Darwin.
2: <laughs> did,
3: you,
5: oh did, did you make that?
3: No, no, did you? That is platinum. <laughs> that, that is
2: who's, just... Who's, someone, it's been beard in the music studio on Level 3 again, isn't it?
3: See what happens when you give people proper <laughs> working conditions? This uh, is the level of stuff they produce. <laughs>
2: uh, some other news too this week you might be interested in uh, from the fish boffins at Charles Darwin University. Um, although I'm not sure whether this is all that surprising to a fish uh, it seems that Barra have an inbuilt homing mechanism, which is the entire premise, is it not, of us releasing GPS marks for the MDF fish, mm. that they'll be there and they'll go back to there. Anyway, Dave Crook, who's an absolute genius boffin at CDU, uh, has chatted to ABC's Rebecca McLaren about uh, his findings.
9: So we tagged these fish with um, radio transmitters just before the wet season began, uh, when they were still living in their little uh, billabongs out, um, on the river. When the river floodplain filled up as the, as the monsoon rain began, the fish got straight out of there and went straight out onto these uh, inundated floodplain habitats, you know, to look for all the food. But then, as the river system started to dry out, that the fish then started to head back. And I guess what we'd expected when we tagged these fish that they would just spread far and wide. And then, as the monsoon kind of disappeared and the system started to dry out that they would go back to their nearest sort of deep habitat you know and see out the next dry season but what we found is that fish that had traveled up to 80 kilometers away from where they where we tagged them by the end of the wet season they'd started heading back to the exact same locations they um headed home and it just had this amazing ability to um, locate the same location that they'd lived in um, previously and we've found recently that some of these barramundi are staying in fresh water for up to 10 years before they go out to the to breed in the sea so um you know that we think that it's likely that some of these fish are returning back to the same freshwater um, habitats the same billabongs you know it might be seven or eight years in a row before they um, finally head out and start spawning. You know they're smart enough to find their way back to a a refuge habitat that they can live in, so that you know when it all does dry down, Mm. they've got somewhere that they can survive until the next time it booms.
2: And Dave Crook, what we take from that is that they're smart enough to find their way home. Territory fishers like ourselves are rarely smart enough to find our way back to the boat ramp at the end of a (laughs) at the end of a long day. So, again, proving while, uh, why an animal with the brain the size of a pea doesn't find it too difficult to regularly outwit Andy and I. But thanks, thanks very much for rubbing that. Thanks for that, Dave. <laughs> keep, keep, keep the science-y type insulting research coming.
3: Tim, a fairly, uh, fairly upsetting post, actually, on Facebook. A terrible story from a mum who told the story of her sons. They were fishing down at Stokes Hill Wharf with their brand new fishing outfits, which they'd got from Santa, and they've put them down to go and grab something, came back, and, yeah, you wouldn't read about it, but you can on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> they were, sorry, we shouldn't humour this. This is, a, this is a serious story. I'm just putting a serious face on. Someone's come and stolen those fishing rods and reels. You know, what sort of low-life scum does that? Not church members, I'll no, tell you not, that. No, not a member of the church. No, no. You know what a church member would do, Tim?
2: What what would a church member do?
3: Well, Not they, steal the rod? They, a, they wouldn't Not make steal the drugs
2: and make light of these poor children.
3: Not make light, correct. Um, and thirdly, what they do, Tim, <laughs> is they'd come to the bloody rescue. And that is exactly what member Tristan Sloan did. Oh, so good. he's actually got in touch with Sonny and his mum, bought them two brand new rods, but needs a hand with the reels. So okay. uh, this is a genuine straight face call to the church out there. If you've got a couple of reels that you're not using, some excess spin reels or whatever in the shed that you can spare, drop us an email, drop us uh, a message on Facebook and we can complete the rig for these kids. And to the, the low lowlife, um, if you're listening, and you're probably not because you wouldn't be a church member, if you did what you did, so you, don't bother saying therefore you wouldn't not be listening, listening, so you're not listening. So, so don't bother. Uh, back but, to as,
2: but look, as we always say in the tinny, uh, a kid with a rod in his hand is better than a kid with a crack pipe in his hand. So we should be supporting these, these kids uh, with rods in their hand. Well, what do we say? What do we say? We say a kid with a rod in his hand is worth two crack pipes in the bushes. Don't we say that?
3: <laughs> we do now.
2: We've said it all along.
12: Hi, Alex here from Big Sexy Mama Fish. <laughs> yeah, last, yesterday I went to the bloody, we call it like a Sifu. You know like Kung Fu Mada Sifu? We call it Sifu Creek. Bloody Sifu Creek. <laughs> because they've been really good to us here. Yeah. We bloody wake up early in the morning and then I call my friend Alex. Not the Alex. I'm Alex once. He's Alex too. <laughs> yeah, and then we wake up <laughs> early. And then Alex got so back. I got so back, Alex. Oh. We gave to hunting. Big sexy mama Yeah, and then we launching the boat Cruising, cruising, making around We talk shit with Alec as usual, you know You know what, we need to f- Stuck in the Stuck f- in sandbar And then, oh shit <laughs> Lucky my boat, I call it my boat like a Sexy Sarni, because it's Sarni her name. Wow. But I love it <laughs> And then Alec has a good idea Let's go, we're going to Sifu Creek Okay, we're going to Sifu Creek And then we Keep trying hard. It's a little bit hard because it's like a, I don't know, fish not hungry or they fasting or whatever. But we keep, keep flicking, flicking, and then we got small one. And then this, I just change my lure, my magic lure we call it, magic lure. And then I flick, 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 and then boof, booyah! I got something bite really hard. And then like you know He grabbed nets and we What the doing? Grab camera! Film me, I don't give you shit. Look at this face. I don't know. <laughs> and then I, <begin> <laughs> I do You know, I bend down like is mother- <laughs> yeah, This face is give me hard time, man. It's really, really rough. Slap me in my face, slap my heart. It's rough. But oh, I love it. I love it. When first I saw like you know, the big sexy mama jump. Jump like a boogie dancing. Yeah, like boogie dancing. <laughs> I hold my heart. Shit. I'm falling in love. <laughs> Keep fighting, keep fighting. After fighting, finally, the big sexy mama surrender. <laughs> come to me, come to daddy. <laughs> and then I cuddle her, I hug her. Give me good kiss. Yeah, and then the <laughs> slap my face. Bang! Jesus, it's okay because you <laughs> sexy. I <I'll> let you. <laughs> yeah, after that, just like, we realized the big sexy mama face again. We realize it. After that, yes, mother how we make it. I like you. 110 mine. I thought this one is gonna like us 120 or whatever because so fat, man. Big and fat. I can't even carry. Maybe I need to go to gym soon. <laughs> yeah, that day I want his catch fish because his birthday. Happy birthday. I like, yeah, his birthday. I want you catch fish, brother. Oh, yeah, and then but. I think the big, big sexy mama falling in love with wrong boys. with mean, Alex, Alex one. <laughs> Tales
4: from the tinny. <laughs> Tales from the tinny.
3: Oh, there's just so much to like here, so much. I remember um, interviewing Alex for the actual Sexy Mama story, the original one when he was at the fishing competition. He's just a gem. There's so much to like about Alex and his yarns, not least the amount of ratchets in that story. It's actually a tinny record. 19 in three minutes. Anyway, you can t- turn that off now, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> the, the photos on Facebook... was well,
2: quite a record.
3: Yeah, it is. The photos on Facebook of the said Sexy Mama, if you want to have a squeeze. And look, oh. Alex saw fit to get down and lie next to... The big, sexy it was a pure delight.
2: It was a beautiful photo. He was like an infant, all curled yeah. up, you know, kind of s- 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 slobbering.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah cur- in the,
2: in the embri- embryonic position, comatosed in the corner.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only thing missing was a couple of pillows, you know, perhaps yeah. some, some lemongrass-scented candles and dim lights. and A bit of Kenny G. In the background. Hmm. Hmm. So the other thing to like about that piece, Tim, is the uh, the great musical work by DJ Beard on the third level of the building. Uh, I mentioned, the, tinny, the Tinny Music Studio. Yeah, I mentioned before, I don't have access to email or anything. Tell us a bit more about this state-of-the-art building. By the way, I hope this wasn't funded through some sports grant.
2: Our, our, new, our new Tinny HQ? <laughs> mm. No. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you might, it, it's a new, as you say, state-of-the-art building to see us into the new decade. You might have thought of Tinny HQ as just an office, but over the years it, it has been evolving. Mm. And coming into the new decade, we've now got a fully blown 10-storey building in the middle of town. Uh, it, it, Granted, Andy, it's a bit of an eyesore uh, on the Darwin cityscape, to be honest, but that's, that's not surprising for the Tinney and those who dwell within it. More a brutalist, uh, mid-century Pebble Creek kind of architecture. Mm. Uh, That vast foyer, which we've discussed with the big pond and crap fountain and... The plastic pot plants. The pot plants, the real ones that are wiltering because you're not watering them. Level one's the Grand Foyer, as we discussed. Level two, TFT, FFP. Level three, the music studio. Level four?
3: What's level four?
2: All we know is that Margaret is at the front desk, cranky as hell, and it's always dark in there, so no one's quite sure what happens on level four.
3: Level five?
2: Storage, essentially, um, the dusty boxes of get a mullet up your books left over from Rob Smith that, that no one ever wanted, uh, busted crab traps, uh, the idea of an internationally syndicated TV show featuring hard Yard's Hubble, mm. that went into sto- into dust.
4: Okay.
2: The maracas from the Meet Barrow video, um, the jumpsuit from Dave Krantz's nudie run down the mall, oh. and Morg's old tinny.
3: I'd be calling useless. that the museum level.
2: Yeah, well, I guess it is. Yeah. In some respects, the museum.
3: Uh, level six, what's on uh, level TFT six? Enterprises? Okay. Marketing
2: division, basically. Oh, yeah. Level yeah. seven. Uh, that's where Beryl is now. Oh, formerly of Lifeline. That's her. Yes. So what happened was there's so much work, it turned out there's so much work for counselling the church with their fishing related mental health issues, we've brought her into the fold full time and established the uh, TFT Beyond Barra, our mental health and counselling service, which you'd be very pleased to hear about. Uh, sits on level seven. That's where you get the sick leave certificate saying you have need a mental health day when the tides are good. Right. You go see Beryl in Beyond Barra. Okay. Oh. Mental health services division, level seven, TFT Beauty,
3: I'll see her after the show. Level eight. Have we got a level eight?
2: Uh, eight and nine, actually. Oh. Have a guess.
3: Oh, don't tell me. Who eight t- and nine. Who takes two levels? Yeah, who takes two levels? <laughs> Lawyers.
2: You got it. TFT Chambers.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Attack dogs at law. Two levels, luxury boardrooms and cocktail bars for the QCs, because we need them.
3: <laughs> Did they just knock the the, the middle floor out so they have just got really high ceilings?
10: Yeah, that's <laughs> it.
2: yeah. You can guess who's on level ten, which is the penthouse suite. I can. This guess is the that. Top, top. I, I top. reckon that's who's got, that reserved it's for. It's
3: got to be our mate Neville. Yeah.
2: Yes, Neville. Neville. It's never with the penthouse. God bless him. He's got a video intercom f- for access, fishos, uh-huh. and so you've got to show him a bottle of spirits on the video intercom b- <laughs> before he buzzes you into his narcissistic den and greets you half-robed. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be bringing stickers to you right throughout the year on Tales from the Tinny, and um, as you've gathered. Beard spends an embarrassing amount of time in, on Level 3. <laughs> I know we've banged on about the HQ, but this is where you find Beard. He mingles with the hipster music producers and the session guns for hire in there in the hope of cracking it big with some trashy hit. Earlier in the show, he heard something that just screened chart-topper, Andy. He raced up to Level 3 and commandeered the mixers in a creative frenzy. And here it is, Fishoes. It may not put the tinny on the charts, but surely it's going to change the fortune's of a certain wildlife-hating fish from Marlowe's Lagoon. The exclusive sneak-peek release of what Beard's calling, with a great deal of insight and imagination, the Undy Song.
8: After day three, um, I was a bit, a little bit on the pong. Went over the back to um, do nature's calling and realised that the, uh, the old undies were um, far from being able to recover, so they may have got a sea draft. <laughs> you always need clean undies. You always need clean undies. You always need clean undies. Undies, undies, undies. <laughs> the old undies. <laughs>
10: <laughs> you ditched the undies. Yeah, gone. How many undies do you take on a trip like this?
8: Uh, I think I took three or four.
10: Always check the integrity of your undies before embarking on a five day fishing trip. Yeah, that's correct.
8: You always need clean undies. You always need clean undies. You always need clean undies. Undies, 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 old undies. Always need clean undies. Yeah, going. Always need clean undies. We on the have pong. Always need clean undies. Undies, 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 old undies.
2: That's correct. Ah, oh, that is correct. I think he's just about done it. I'll head for the charge, surely. See, the time is well spent in um, in level three. You'll get a pass there after you bring the pop points back to life. and Head up there. Find out what's on level four.
3: Can't wait. Can't wait. Well, that about wraps it up for the tinny, the first for 2020. Thanks to Aaron from Gove with that marlin on the baitcaster. Bloody well done, mate. That's a, that's a great yarn. Warren Dewith, good to have you back on board, mate.
2: And thanks to all you mob who kept the correspondence up, even if it was just where the <coughs> are you over the break. Wherever you are, hoping 2020 brings you all burnt drags, spooled reels, pulled split rings and eye-wateringly high <laughs> engine hours. And final thanks to this man too. Whose voice will no doubt echo through the year. Sonorous. Pure.
12: Boof booyah. Big sexy mama. Ooh, yes, mm.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Get a big sexy mullet up, you bitchos! <laughs>
4: Tales from the Tinny.